Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We try to behave ourselves on the story, but y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little uh, extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. As you can <laughs> tell them go sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. Hey everybody, it's your girl Claudia Jordan. It's Wednesday and we are back with a brand new episode of TGIF, your favorite show on the net. Uh, now listen, we are here to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. So sit back, relax and grab and get ready to sip on this hot tea. Please welcome my co-host Al Reynolds. What's up, Al? All right, what's going on, Claudia? You good? Are you sick? Hey, battling this cold. Yes, I, I did take a COVID test, though, so it's not COVID. Good to know. But um, yeah, I'm battling a cold. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, mark it as like a summer cold. There's where a- are you? Where are you? I'm in New York. Oh, okay, New York. You on stay the on the move. I am. I'm going to go see my mom. I'm on the side of the country, too. So, yes. But there's been a real bad summer cold going around that a lot of people have been getting and thinking it's COVID. I had it, too. So I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you tested negative for Thank COVID. You. Yes. Please welcome Funky Dineva. What's up, Q? What's going on, Claudia? Still coming down off my birthday high. I was going to ask you, how was it? Man, Sunday on the yacht, we had the most amazing time. I had like 12 of the people who loved me the most around me. We were on actually one of the best yachts I've been on since we've been yachting. Um, And we just toured around Biscayne Bay and the Atlantic Ocean and we ate crab legs and listened to Anita Baker and I just I mean I just could have had a better birthday. It looked like a lot of fun and I saw your post about are we fishing all the crab legs out of the ocean (laughs) (laughs) and are we uh, buying up all the hair and there's no way it could all be real hair. I started to write something like well there's seven million people you know but I was like you know what it's funny. I'm going to leave it alone. You know, it, it's weird because for those of guys who did not see my Instagram post, I am of the firm believer at the rate in which not just black women, but at the rate in which women go through bundles, it ain't no way in hell there is that many people growing that much hair at that many lengths for y'all to be having all <laughs> that is horse hair. And that's why when you get it out the pack, it smells like boo-boo and popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, what y'all drinking tonight? Public sweet tea over here, baby. Al? Chamomile. Chamomile hot tea. And water. We all under the weather tonight. Well, I'm getting out of it, but oh, that sucks. Well, you know what? Despite us being under the weather, we all showed up. We all performed professional and we're gonna have a good old time funky i'm glad your birthday was amazing and been fun and uh next year my goal is for you to not have to pay for any of the boats okay well look next year is my 40th so so next year it's weird because being gay knowing that i'm not going to have a traditional wedding my plan is the money that the average person would spend on having a wedding i plan to spend on my 40th so my 40th is going to be an extravaganza. Oh, sure. Um, so I probably will end up paying for everything. <laughs> well, we can start with little GoFundMes now and we can see what we can raise. I'll yeah. just say. All right, <laughs> let's get into the topics. We have a lot to cover tonight. Uh, Tamar Braxton had social media in a total frenzy after a video was posted of her making an appearance at a birthday party in Atlanta with her new alleged new boo, Junior. Now, Junior, a.k.a. Jeremy Robinson, is an Atlanta-based personal injury and criminal defense attorney and the co-founder of the JR Law Group. Well, Little Duvall saw the video and on Tamar Jr., and uh, he commented, but y'all, um, but, but, but let us get a white woman. Y'all going to snap. Are you guys happy for Tamar? And what are your comments? What are your thoughts on, on Little Duvall's comments? And is there a double standard when it comes to Black women dating white men? Al, let's get into it with you first. 
Oh yeah, I mean, first of all, if if this is in fact true, because neither one of them have confirmed that they're dating, but if 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 it is in fact true, congratulations, Tamar. Um, you know, anything that makes you happy, you know, I'm all here for it. Uh, but let me tell you something: some of the most successful Black women in entertainment, whether it's television, sports, fashion, music, or film, date white men and you don't see the backlash you don't see the backlash with the Halle Berry's the Carrie Washington's the Whoopi Goldberg's the Lonnie Loves the Serena and Venus Williams the Zoe Kravitz the Garcelle Bouveau Naomi Campbell or Eve or even Paula Patton all of these super super successful black women have abandoned the, the black male and are now dating or married to the white man Tell me, Claudia, why there is a double standard, because when we see a successful black man out here, when we covered the NBA draft and we saw all those young millionaires with their girlfriends and even some of them with their babies, most of them were white females. We didn't have a lot of positive things to say. Uh, well, since you asked me, I'll, I'll answer what I hear from my friends. Um, I think with black women, and it typically ends up being more of a necessity than a preference. And I feel like black men, a lot of times they make it very clear that it's a preference. I don't like black girls. I don't now if I hear a black woman saying I don't like black men and I'm dating white men because of that reason that's one thing but you hear a lot of these women when they have you know when you ask them they say they tried and they couldn't get one or no one was hollering at them we saw that black beautiful uh dark skin influencer the tiktoker girl that said she her preference is still a black man but none of them get at her they don't holler at her they don't hit on her so I think it's a little different in that regard but if you're the type that just disregards your own race because you just straight up don't like them that's that's something else but if it's no, no one's hollering at you that's different. I don't know. And I just want to say dated, you know, because we know Carrie Washington is married to a black man now, but she has dated white men in the past. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Q, what do you think? Um, so, to, yeah, to Al's point, if they are dating, congratulations to Tamar. Very unpopular opinion, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. Um, I've been of the belief that black women should have abandoned black men a long time ago. Um, you know, you hear you hear black women complain about you know, how they're overeducated, they ain't enough, they don't want us, they they prefer white women. And and, and I've been of this, I've been of the school of thought, play the same game. Um, you, you know, then you you also hear a lot of black women hold on to this, but I want a black man, but I want to have beautiful black babies. But if you're saying that black men aren't good enough, or you know, they ain't right for you, they're not acting right, or they're choosing other races over y'all then it's time y'all start playing the same game. So I don't see nothing wrong with it. I just feel like when I see, and this is just me, when I see a, 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 a black woman with a white man, I usually, for some reason in my head, I think, oh, he must got money. And that's really I really do, I really black. do. And that's, I get it. It's just not fair to black women to assume that they're not capable of like seeing past that. Like, you know, you, you can't fall in love with a man based on his character. It's, it's really passing that stereotype along that we're just gold digging money hungry. And we're just there for the money. If that's the case, um, half the brothers that we dated before that white man wouldn't have got no play. So I don't know. I, I, I dated a white man one time in college. Shocking. I know being as pro-black as I am. And it was so uncomfortable because all of his friends would saying um what kind of family does she come from do they have money it was all about finances and not about my character and I was very I felt very uncomfortable and I could not go forward with it but it's it, it, it it's funny because if you keep it real every woman dates a man for money within the room in which she can reach you know what I'm saying all women want security all women want stability all every woman wants the most successful man she could possibly get her hands on so yeah Oftentimes it is for money. And especially if you're on a celebrity status and you've had bad experiences with black men, you, you, you're not going to get no broke. You're not going to go get no broke white one. Um, at least you can do if you're going to go get a white one is get you one with some money. Unlike some of these brothers, they go get these honey boo boo looking um, white women's and be flaunting them, <laughs> flaunting them around living in a double wide trailer. So I ain't mad with it. And, and let's keep it a buck. It's not just the women out here dating for money. There's a whole bunch of men that are doing the same damn thing. Actually, I see a lot of that, especially in Dallas. Uh, the tables are definitely turning. A lot of sugar mamas right now. All right, y'all. Um, let's move are they on. Black women. Black women. Beautiful. Black women are sugar mamas. Yes. 
yo, if you ever come to Dallas and see the girls that I row, row with, they all are multimillionaires, got it going on. They're the breadwinners. I actually was working. But on I mean, wait, 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 wait. We're talking about interracial. So are you got a you got a, a lot of black successful black women in 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 Dallas that are dating white men, but they got money. They being sugar mamas. Well, I wasn't just talking about white men. I meant just dating men. I I was oh, piggybacking off the okay. dating men that don't make as much. Yeah. I was going to say, I need the food in Dallas. Black, let me tell you something. The black women in Dallas are extremely <laughs> successful. They are, like, seriously. All right, y'all. I mean, let, let's, let's, and let's just also not pretend in closing, and this is a conversation for a whole nother show um, when we get into the whys, but black men have the lowest amount of social currency amongst any group right now. So, I mean, I, I could honestly understand why anybody would be attracted to exploring other possibilities and that's not to slight black men because i'm a black man myself um but you know real is just real but most desired sexually all right moving on one of the men involved oh what a segue in the uh, 2016 kim kardashian robbery is not feeling remorseful for the crime not at all uh 60 year old Eunice abbas served 22 months in prison for his involvement in the paris robbery he said uh well since she was throwing money away I was there to collect it, and that was that. He continued, they should be a little less showy towards people who can't afford it. For some people, it's provocative. Okay. <laughs> what do you think about this? Q, let's start with you. Um, I mean, he's a thief. Thievery is not right. And I don't think what he said is proper in this particular context. But I will say this, when I go to certain family members' houses of certain socioeconomic backgrounds, I don't show up in all my Gucci and gold. Um, it, it, it can make people feel uncomfortable and it, it, and it is inappropriate. I'm, I'm definitely one of those that when in Rome, do as Romans do, but I don't think that that applies to what this man is in. You, you just a thief that was looking for an opportunity. Right, and it's not like she was flaunting it in his face. She was right. doing, minding her business, making right. doing what she's doing over there. Right. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Remember, so in this case, let me tell you what was so interesting about this. There are actually twelve individuals that were arrested around this ten million dollar heist that occurred in this private uh, apartment that she rented in Paris for Fashion Week. So. Um, there's a trend going on in, in Paris where these influencers that are constantly on Instagram, constantly on social media, showing off their goods, there's this team of people that look for ways to hit. And this particular group found a way to hit Kim Kardashian while she was standing in this private residency. They talked about how they snuck in, they hang, I mean, tied up the concierge because she was standing in a private uh, apartment building that only had a concierge, did not have security, like real security. And he stayed downstairs and, and watched the concierge while the other two went upstairs and handled the robbery of tying her up. The lesson here to me is that if you're gonna be on social media, especially with your someone who's toting around $10 million worth of jewelry, you might wanna delay your post influencers instead of taunting because they take it as you taunting them, taunting people about your greatness. And there's a group of people out there that can't wait to find you and take a hit and take, and take your jewelry from you. And the other thing is, I just wanna say this really quickly staying in airbnbs is cool everybody staying in those vrbos are cool everybody but remember you don't have the safes you don't have the safety you don't have the security you don't have the multiple staffs and you don't have the multiple cameras to take care of you if something like this happens ah i'm just not that comfortable blaming her for getting robbed when she's a celebrity like should we tell j-lo and everybody and beyonce and everybody to just like tone everything down and kind of downplay their success because people are getting getting you know triggered by it um i get going not going to certain you know in, in, in a you know a, a low-income community but like you said she rented a private residence and was you know that i would expect some level of I'm not in your face with this. My posts are one thing. I don't know. I, I it's so arrogant of him, isn't it? Like yeah, she had I, it, so I, I just and, took it. And Claudia, I kind of agree with you. Al. I, I kind of <laughs> disagree with you. I, I don't consider an influencer or a celebrity or anybody who you don't know taunting you. I don't know you. 
I'm not taunting you. Well, Elizabeth Taylor had one of the biggest diamond collections of any celebrity in the world. I don't take that her personal as her taunting me. That That's her own stuff. For you to be the robber and to process things that way, that's just a little off to me. I think people have the right, especially celebrities and influencers, to post whatever they want. Now, granted, with that comes a certain amount of risk, but for, for it to be processed as, as them taunting those people, I, I, I disagree with that. Well, you know, that's that's some people when it feels like maybe taunting is the wrong word that doesn't make you and Claudia feel comfortable maybe showing off um, when I was growing up, it was called showboating it my mother used to call it showboating and when you're showboating you've got to be responsible for what type of feeling that brings and what type of energy that brings into into your personal space and in this case there are people who look for influencers and posting where they are find jewelries and things they find them and they go still and this oh, is because you're random xyz person who i don't know and never met and you're broke i'm supposed to not wear my diamonds i don't think we're talking about not wearing them. we're talking about showboating constantly posting it you can maybe you post it one hour later in a different place than you are instead of posting where you are and what you're doing all the time real time that's all i'm saying there are people out there that are preying on you. And I just want everybody who owns very expensive things that will force them to be robbed to be safe. I just feel like we're getting, you know, this late, this, this shift in our culture. And I know we have to go to break where everyone gets a participation trophy. So you almost got to feel bad for when you're successful and downplay your thing and not show. I get not being obsessive. I mean, just over the top with, you know, posting a lot of stuff. But damn it, where does it end? Do I not drive my nice car now? Do I never wear any of my jewelry? Do I not wear anything designer? Do I just, ugh, it's, ugh, all right. Anyways, great conversation, fellas. We will be taking a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with more TGIF after this. Welcome back to TGIF with Al Reynolds and Funky Dynamic and myself. Before we went to break, we talked about Kim Kardashian and the robber saying basically you were flaunting it, so I took that thing. Um, Seeing the chat is uh, lighting up. Q, you want to uh, kind of revisit it? Yeah, you know, because you were reading some of the comments in the uh, thing. I read two of the comments, the last two comments that you read. Okay. Um, clearly, Claudia and Q aren't understanding. Post your shit after the fact. Damn. Keep up. Okay. Um, be careful, Q, because I think you're posting in real time. Um uh, some celebrities stay on social media too much, posting where they are and what they're doing and have they have crooks that they're watching. OK, so look, I, I, I to be honest with you guys, I don't post in real time. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because psychologically, we as a society, we have this thing where we like people to be on the same level that we're on. And when they're not, it begins to make us uncomfortable. And me mm -hmm. personally, I have I've experienced that I'm experiencing that now because Y'all know me. I used to be broke once upon a time and I'm not broke anymore. And it makes a lot of people uncomfortable when they see me with things that I didn't used to have. You know what I'm saying? You should see the hate. Oh, he knew money. He act like he ain't used to having nothing. I ain't used to having nothing. Shit. Okay. <laughs> and now I have, and now I have stuff and it makes people feel uncomfortable. And that's not my problem. And I'm not going to apologize for it. And I'm not going to not wear my stuff and not post my stuff. And me posting my stuff has less to do with you and more to do with me. I feel good <laughs> about what I've accomplished and my stuff. I, I agree. I think I think the thing we can all agree on is perhaps for everyone's safety, not posting in real time so they can't come get it. And I think that's a fair thing to agree on. I, I totally agree with that. All right, moving on. The transgender prisoner who is allegedly responsible for impregnating two female inmates at a woman's prison in New Jersey is speaking out about the treatment she's receiving at the men's facility that she was moved to. Demi Minor claims uh, she attempted to remove her testicles with a razor after being misgendered at the men's facility. Minor wrote, when I began to bleed, I did not even think about dying. I just thought about finally having relief from the pain I felt. She continued, being here in a male prison amplifies the harm I once felt from being called bleep to bleep to bleeding calls, all kinds of things, to being touched. I hate it all. What are your thoughts on, on the update to the story, Al? Let's start with you. This is this is just incredibly sad, um, Claudia. I, I, I have learned so much about this case, and, and I want to share maybe a couple of things that you all are not familiar with. When she was transferred back, 
out of that prison with the two females that got got pregnant. Um, she was supposed to go to a vulnerable housing unit where there were trans only um, inhabitants, right? And instead they misgendered her in processing and placed her in the regular prison with men. And to me, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Now, the question becomes here was when she did her entry interview with not like the warden, but I forgot what they call it at this particular uh, at this particular prison. But that person said, you know, some things biologically just will never change. So they didn't really believe in the trans then in her being transgender. And because of that is why she ended up in general population because she was in general population, she feared for her life. It made her feel uncomfortable. She felt suicidal and she tried to hurt herself. And we know that when transgender individuals do not feel safe and do not feel comfortable, they are the highest in suicidal rates. This is just sad. And did you guys know that one of the women that she got pregnant at the old facility actually raped her? had put a knife to her and forced her to have sex with her uh, and impregnated her. Isn't this, isn't this crazy? I just feel like that there should be some responsibility on the new facility for misgendering her, get her out of general population and put her in a vulnerable housing unit that's going to protect her transgender rights. Okay. All right. Al, uh, Q, what do you think? So listen, so since doing this show and we began covering a lot of trans stories, I made it a personal point of mine to stop speaking from a place of I think, I feel, and I make it a point to actually reach out to trans people. About 20 minutes before we went on air, I reached out to activist Hope Giselle, who's a trans person, and I asked her about this story. And I said, Hope, I need some talking points. You know, what do I need to say about this story? And, uh, you know, I took some notes. Number one, Hope said, for one, this shows that the prison system is just A, not ready to facilitate trans people. She said two, that there are prisons that have, like Al said, units that are specifically for trans people. She said number three, there was also at the women's prison, you could have placed her in the population of women who are unable to get pregnant. All of these prisons do have an older women uh, segment that she could have been placed in that segment because she still had functioning male genitalia. And then, you know, Hope also posed the question, you know, is our job in prison to rehabilitate people or is it to just throw them to the wolves? If we're there to rehabilitate, then we need to find a way to facilitate trans people. And if, if we're just there to throw them to the wolves, then, you know, keep doing what you're doing. But I definitely found the um, housing trans prisoners who still have functioning male genitalia amongst the population of women who can't get pregnant is a great idea. And it's a great, easy, non-cost fix. Uh, um, great points. I'm glad you spoke to Hope about this. That, those, that's great perspective. Um, agreed. The prison system, absolutely. And, and like much of life in society has, is not adjusted and, and not up to speed with how to deal with uh, the trans community. Uh, I think both uh, places that she was placed was an injustice. She should not have been placed in the women's prison, especially with women of childbearing age. Um, we would never have thought this would happen, but guess what? It did. And, and Al saying by rape, I haven't heard that, but whether it was rape or consensual, that's something that could happen when, when this you know is, is the situation. Then to turn around and place her in a men's facility, in both cases, I believe, she was abused in both instances, which is not right. So we do have to, we do, it is long time to stop putting some money aside, legislation, budgets to address this in the prison system and in schools. Can I in ask school. a question? Can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I'm, if I don't want to offend anybody, I'm just asking a question. If you're trans, if I'm a trans woman, I don't identify as a man, but I still have the men parts. If I am in prison and I meet a woman that I am attracted to as another woman on another woman and I have feelings and I want to be intimate with that person, who defines how we're supposed to have sex? I don't have the answer to that, but something else that Hope also pointed out to me is that sex happens in prison all the time like all the time you know what i'm saying so it's not like they committed some super duper atrocious crime right. by having sex that's why honestly just based on the few bullet points that she gave me 
if we have to do a quick and dirty right now with trans prisoners, place them with women of non-childbearing age. Problem solved. Right. Okay. A, a lot of sex with prison guards, with each other. It's, it's it's a whole mess, the prison system. All right. Uh, sources close to Wendy Williams told the U.S. Sun that Williams' son, Kevin Hunter Jr., allegedly charged $100,000 on her American Express card before Wells Fargo froze her accounts. Wendy's son denied the claims. He told the outlet, I vehemently deny any allegations of unauthorized use of my mother's American Express card. This is a false narrative perpetuated to justify freezing her accounts. Al, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the allegation? Um, something in the milk ain't clean, y'all. And that's all making sense to me. It, it's making perfect sense to me. I'm sorry. Uh, we know that Wendy's brother, Tommy, said that Wendy did not let the son in the apartment in New York City. We also know that Lori Shiler or Sheeler, uh, her financial advisor at, at Wells Fargo, had said on multiple occasions that someone in Wendy's close camp is exploiting her. She didn't mention any names. And what we also found out was that her son her old lawyer and Wendy went into a Wells Fargo branch in Florida to try to have some uh, signatures changed or to get access to her money. And the Wells Fargo called Lori back in uh, New York or New Jersey and found out that there was some exploitation going on and uh, denied, denied her ability to add anybody else to the account. Something in the milk ain't clean. And I think the fingers are pointing to someone close to Wendy is yep. not being forthright. Hugh, what do you think? The key word that struck me out from the son statement was unauthorized. Right, same. I highlighted that like unauthorized. Like he, did, he didn't say I didn't spend $100,000. The key word was unauthorized authorized that i don't know for for whatever reason that's just resounding with me he so for me it says that he did spend the one hundred thousand dollars to al's point it's making sense now why um her money is still sold up at wells fargo here's my thing now that we've got the pieces of the puzzle and we're figuring out who did it can we put safety mechanisms in place take him off her accounts so on and so forth and give this woman back access to her money right you know it's crazy like you know a lot of us we jump to the conclusions about the bank and here it is there was a safety mechanism put in place and you know we still don't really know all the story so we're not saying it's all the the, the mystery is solved this is just another piece of the puzzle that we're getting mm -hmm. now and it's it's going to be uh interesting to see if there's anybody else that was exploiting her or if this is the only allegation allegedly let me say allegedly because i don't want her son coming for me but uh, yeah, wow, $100,000. So I, I wonder what he used that for. Because he didn't say, like you said, he didn't say he didn't do it. Kid stuff. I mean, well, he's in Miami. He's got a Miami. beautiful apartment it's, it's, in Miami. Doesn't he have any, he has a nice car. With the lid. Listen, you, <laughs> Claudio, all three of us can run through $100,000. Quickly in Miami. Miami. Like Too he much. says, not me, girl. I don't got it. <laughs> I don't have it. Don't ask me for no money. I'm broke. I'm poor. I, this is costume jewelry. This is plastic. I don't got it. Okay. All right. Moving on. Dennis Rodman uh, announced plans to uh, go to Russia to help bring Brittany Griner home, but the United States of uh, Department of State, the United States Department of State, discouraged Rodman from interfering in Griner's case and announced that Rodman's trip would not be on behalf of the U.S. government. A spokesperson from the Department of State said, we believe that anything other than negotiating further through the established channel is likely to complicate and hinder those relief efforts. The department currently has a level four do not travel advisory for Russia due to Russia's conflict with Ukraine. Rodman has since reversed his plans. What are your thoughts on what Rodman is trying to do? Al, what do you think about this? Well, you know, Dennis Rodman has always been fascinating to me, um, and especially after he had developed that extremely close relationship with the North Korea Supreme Leader, um, what's his name, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un. And it was based on his his basketball plan with the Chicago Bulls, uh, the, the, the Supreme Leader, fell in love with Rodman for the days in which he played in the NBA. And one thing we know about sports, sports definitely transcends 
countries, races, religion, and all that stuff. I think it was noble of, of, of him to step up. I just wanted to know what relationships did he think he had that he could negotiate that that's what I wanted to figure out. I wanted to know for you to step in and say, hey, I think I can help means you got to end somewhere. So I want to know what his end actually is and in, in my honest opinion. But then I stepped back and I said, this must be an incredibly positive sign that the United States doesn't want any more help because I think we're close to closing this deal and getting this young lady home. United States doesn't want anyone speaking. They don't want us to discuss what we got going on with them. They don't want anything. I mean, I'm sorry, Russia does not want us to, you know, as a country to discuss what's going on. They like, let's keep this thing inside. Don't say this thing out in the media. And they said that will jeopardize her release. Q, what do you think about this? And Dennis Rodman interfering and trying to be an ambassador. I think it was arrogant and stupid as hell. What was he going to do? Get off his Delta airline flights and walk up to the damn jail cell and knock on the door and say, let me speak to the warden. Um, I don't give a damn what relationship he got with Kim Jong-un or whoever the case may be. You ain't got no doggone clout over in Russia and you damn sure ain't more powerful and have more backing than the United States. Um, This was performative. Um, This was, I'm not going to call it clout chasing. Maybe it was noble. Maybe it was coming from a genuine place. But I just want to know after he got off the plane, like what was next? Where, where, where was he having the black car take him? And who was he about to talk to that Biden, Kamala, the Secretary of Defense and the Pentagon were unable to reach? It, I do agree. It is a bit arrogant. I think he got um, empowered with his relationship with Kim Jong-un and with Donald Trump. You know, kind of made him feel like he was almost like an honorary diplomat. And he was kind of like, he took it real seriously. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a relationship with, with Putin or Kremlin. I mean, um, I just, I wouldn't, they're both, I then, mean, they're all the same age. I think, and, I think he might. And then part two of the question then is, okay, let's just say hypothetically he did. Then what relationship did he have with the U.S.? Because was he going to call back and get Biden on the phone? Right. You know what? We got to take a quick commercial break while we ponder why did Dennis Rodman think he could make this happen? Because that is interesting. We might need to get him on the line. I do have his number. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with more TGIF. And you know he watches TGIF. (laughs) Welcome back to TGIF. Shout out to the chat. You guys are creeping us up to 4,000. So let's call a friend and get those numbers up to 4,000 and make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. All right, y'all, listen, you know I'm greedy. I know I talk about a diet all the time, but I do love my breakfast foods and I do love me some waffles and I had some with wild grain and they were awesome. So let's get into this. Uh, Were you guys one of the millions who tried to make bread a couple of years ago? Or maybe the thought of growing your own sourdough starter was, well, a non-starter for you? Uh, That seems like a lot of work for me. So I'm so happy that we have this. Now, whichever one you were, we can all agree that there's nothing like hot, delicious, fresh baked bread. Well, check this out. What if I told you you could get all that, the mouth-watering flavor with none of the time and work involved? Well, now you can from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first bake from frozen box from uh, artisanal bread. Plus, they have amazing rolls, pastries, and even homemade pasta. Wild Grains uses clean ingredients such as unbleached and non-GMO flour and utilizes a slow sourdough fermentation process that's better for you and tastes better than anything you could find in a grocery store. Plus, for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank. So far, they've donated over 120,000 meals. Now, how it works is you sign up, choose what box you want to receive, and how often. Then Wild Grain delivers a box of bread, pasta, and pastries with easy-to-follow instructions for free. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. Now, if you're traveling or your freezer's already stocked up, no problem. It's easy to reschedule or skip and uh, cancel. Fellas, I know y'all have received your packages as well, and I know one of y'all ate a bunch of those waffles as well. Funky, what'd you think about it? That's my greedy butt. So you know I'm always <laughs> up in the middle of the night, and I was uh, when I got my first box, and I was scrolling through the freezer, and I was like, oh, what is this? And these big, you know, Belgian waffle-looking things. I put them in the toaster, and baby, let me tell you something. Those things are so good. You don't even have to use any syrup, any jelly, or anything on them. You can eat them plain. And then, too, the croissants are really good as well. You know, I throw some bacon in the air fryer, put them croissants in the oven real quick, and bam, I got me a quick breakfast before the gym. So I'm loving wild grain. 
Love it. Al, how about you? Yeah, they can, like, wild grain people, y'all can send me another box. Let me tell you something. Not only do they have incredible croissants and, and amazing waffles, which are perfect for breakfast, they also have these, what I call peach, peach pockets. So, you know, think of like a McDonald's apple pie cut in half. You get like 12 in a pack, but it's packed with peaches. You throw it in the oven, you bake it, and you eat it almost like a, like, almost like an apple pie from McDonald's. It's so fresh, it's amazing. And then I've also had my chef to use the pasta and baby, that pasta is not like that stuff that you get from the grocery store out the box. It's like, I don't, it's almost like they made it in your house when you cook, if you eat spaghetti, I eat a lot of spaghetti. So I recommend the pasta. Oh, and not to mention the sourdough bread. I had that too. Oh, the <laughs> sourdough bread, the pasta, the waffles, the peach pockets and the croissants. When I tell you, you can't go wrong with this. You can't go wrong. Well, as you can see, the fellas and they had a lot to say about it because the product is really good. We did really get it. We did really try it. And we yep. are customers now like we are enjoying the food. So are y'all hungry yet? Well, for a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash tea to start your subscription. You heard me, free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash tea. That's wildgrain.com slash tea, or you can use promo code tea at checkout. Make sure you uh, try them out and see that we are not capping. The food is really good. You will not regret it. All right, taking a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more tea right after this. Welcome back to TGIF. <laughs> we see y'all in those comments. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Y'all a little shady tonight with us. Y'all a little feisty tonight. They, they kind of, some of them are trying to read us, but that's okay. We got your numbers. Get them numbers up. Now, listen, fellas. <sighs> well, over the weekend, during a live televised game on ESPN, white Little League players were seen shoving what looks like cotton onto the hair of their black teammate. We have the shocking video. That's just Little Leaguers being Little Leaguers right there. Hey, next week's Sunday night baseball matchup should be a good one. Atlanta and St. Louis. According to the statement by Little League officials, after speaking with the black player's mother and the team coaches, there was no ill intent behind the action shown during the broadcast. What are your thoughts on this story and the video? And Al, you've thrown on a white cotton jacket now, so <laughs> I would like to go to you first. Well, you know what? I, I, I was so pissed off by this that it forced me to kind of get to the bottom of this story. So I called everybody that I knew that worked over at ESPN and, and I found out this was actually an innocent act of admiration, everybody. So there's this young little leaguer named Jerron and he's Hawaiian and he was on the Hawaiian team and he has a mohawk and his mohawk is dyed white. And he obviously is going to be a major leaguer real soon. And so a lot of the Little League guys really respect and honor him. And some of them um, at this particular game uh, put these cotton things in their hair to kind of emulate him. And if you watch the entire video to the end, the young man who had this put in his head did get up. It did form a mohawk and he was shouting to Jerron how much he respect him. So in this case, we're not dealing with a racially motivated incident. Now, let me tell you where I did find some racial motivation that was insensitive was that why did the cameraman or the producer think that it was okay to nationally televise this? Why is it that they didn't see the insensitivity of nationally televising cotton being placed in a black man's head? That's where the rub is here for me, because I just feel like if there was any other race uh, or religion that was being, you know, that brought up slavery or, or like if pennies were being thrown at a young kid like to emulate or suggest something relating the Holocaust, I just don't think that they would have televised it. And I think this was racially insensitive for any broadcast to televise this type of action, okay. regardless of its intent. So for you, it's on the cameraman and not the kids. Okay, Q, what do you think? His mama need the SHIT slapped out of her because she knows better. I don't give a damn if it was an admiration or not. She knows what our history is in this country. And you just don't, um, you just don't do that. I mean, they, they could have gotten tinsel. They could have gotten paint. They could have gotten styrofoam. They could have cut up plastic cups. And then it was the announcer saying, 
it's little leaguers just being little leaguers for me. There was just something very coded in that. For me, it felt like he knew something was off about that and was dismissing it as little leaguers just being little leaguers. Like, I, I, I get it, but optically it just was a mess. Of course, the adults knew how bad that was and the racial stereotypes that go along. We all know with picking cotton and how that's a dig and in the historical context of that. We all know what that is. So hell yeah, the adults, they were there, the coaches, any adult that was around. You can blame the kid and say, oh, they were trying to copy their favorite place, which I still think is a little bit cat, but okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that for now. But the adults standing by, they've got to be like, hold up, y'all. This is going out, I mean, broadcast, and it's not a good look. It's a terrible look. And that broadcaster definitely knew what the hell he was doing when he made reference to it. He was throwing a dog whistle to people Mm -hmm. who got it and caught that tea. Mm -hmm. That's not cute. That's Mm -hmm. not cute. And it's like, I feel like they're constantly testing us to just see how mad they can make us and see how much they can get away with. But you know what, Claudia? You can't be more mad than his mama. And that's the unfortunate thing. You can't be more mad than his mama. And, And if she didn't have no problem with it and it's her child, then you know what? We got to let it go. I'm not letting it go on petty like that. I don't like it. Mama well, was he my- wasn't, uh, you know, just, <laughs> just to give context, like uh, he, he wasn't the only child who had it. He's just the only child that was broadcast that had it in its hair. That makes it even worse and more intentional. Show the white kids. Show the white kids with the cotton. Right? Had you shown, had you shown the white kids with the cotton in their head, it'd be no, no issue. Then it would give it more context. Oh, this was a group activity, but to show a bunch of white children standing around while this black kid looks docile, putting cotton in his head, that. Listen, we are. Stop playing in my damn face, okay? <laughs> I told of, you, coming off of two years of COVID, Black Lives Matter. I've had a, a lot of time to sit back and read my damn Nat Turner books. Stop playing in my damn face, white people, okay? This is little leaguers being little leaguers. Ooh, get off my line, y'all. And y'all even when you say that, it sounds a little too close to the other word, right? You those know, little leaguers. You know how those little leaguers are. Y'all lucky we on ain't on HBO and I can't cuss the way I want to because this is a bunch of BS. All right. Well, we will keep y'all posted if there's any new developments on that story. Rapper Erica Banks received backlash after a video of her twerking for high school boys during a pet rally went viral. Take a look at this. All right, y'all. Do you think she was out of line for her performance? Let's start with you, Q. What do you think? Completely out of line. Completely out of line. There's just a certain decorum you have when you come to high school. I was very, 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 very active in my high school during pep rallies and whatnot. I remember we had a bunch of musical acts come to our school. I used to be the activities office aide. I'll never forget Immature came to our high school at one point. And before they were able to go on to stage to, to greet the students, there was a rundown of what songs they were able to do, what dance moves they were able to do, what they were able to say and whatnot. That was completely inappropriate. If it was a high school dance and if it was students from the school twerking and bending over at the boys like that, they would have been suspended. And they got all these rules about at the prom, how your dress got to be below your fingertip lengths and all this type of stuff. And then you've got this you know, grown woman rapper coming in there twerking and bending over like that. And just because she's a rapper, all of a sudden it's acceptable. It was overly sexual. You saw the way that those boys were acting and it just was too much for a celebrity in a high school atmosphere. I agree. Al, what do you think? I mean, I couldn't agree with Funky more. Um, optically, it was completely inappropriate. But if let's just be honest. Unfortunately, nowadays this generation—that's how they dance. I mean, I, every, you know, I have ten. I got eleven nieces and nephews. One niece, eleven nephews. Every time you go to a party with those young uh, high schoolers, it's twerking. It's twerking. Now, what should she be twerking as a 23-year-old woman in front of 14 and 15-year-old men? No. But I'm going to take this a step further. Uh, where was the principal? Where was the coach? Where were the teachers? Where was uh, school security? 
where were all the grown-ups in that room? Because if you look at the picture, she passed a couple of grown-ups to go over there in the corner and twerk for them and stay bent over. Why didn't any of them step in and say, ooh, I know you're a celebrity and you look good and everything, but they are 14 and 15-year-olds. You need to bring your ass back over here. I mean, so where are the school uh, attendees and also the other parents that were there? Someone grown up should have been a grown up and stopped that nonsense. Our society just gives too much um, respect or power to celebrities. They were probably all groupied out. They were probably all just like, you know, oh, wow, let's have a good banks. I don't know. But my thing is, is why do you want to twerk in front of 14 year olds? Why? I would never fix myself to bend over and like twerk in front of little boys like that. I would think that, you know, I, I guess I'm showing my age because you're right, Al. That's just how people dance nowadays. I don't think they even think anything of it anymore. And us in our late 30s, how are you, you 39, uh, late 30s and 40s. It's just like, what the hell is going on? I don't know. I, I can't wait for twerking to be dead. I'm so over it. And all then right, all her music rated X. Why was she there? We had to go to commercial, guys. Oh, yep. my bad. Sorry. Quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more TGIF after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back to TGIF. If you are in the chat watching us, throw up uh, some thumbs up. Or can you please hit that like button and get our numbers through the roof? All right, y'all. Uh, this story, I was wondering what y'all were going to think about this story. So Danity Kane's Aubrey O'Day responded to backlash for allegedly photoshopping her vacation pictures. Now, social media users calls Aubrey out and question whether she'd even been to these places that she posted. Aubrey clapped back with this, took the private jet to heaven in the last 24, wanted to share with y'all how beautiful it was. Aubrey continued, and not that I need to explain myself, but I've been in this industry for over 20 years and have been traveling the world since I was seven. If I want my Instagram to be curated like a museum of art, then that's what the bleep is going to happen. A lot of the shots I've given y'all are in places you have to spend hours scaling mountains to get to. Respect my aesthetic. What are your thoughts on what Aubrey wrote, Al? I really, honestly, I don't have any thoughts. Okay. That's perfect. <laughs> I, really, I, I, don't don't have, I don't have any thoughts. I never thought that she was in any of those places. I thought that this was a part of her curating her page was to make it look like she's been in all those places. And I've seen her once before, a couple of times in person. So I knew that it was Photoshopped. Everything was Photoshopped. So I don't have any thoughts. Okay. I caught that shade there. She looked different in person. What you're saying? A little, little different. Have you ever... Here's the reality of the situation. Aubrey, you may have been in the business for 20 years, but you broke. You ain't getting on no private jets going to all these places. Like, like, let's be for real, with the exception of maybe a few influencer deals that you're getting, you ain't getting money like that. Puffy got all your identity came money just along with everybody else that's ever been on the bad boy roster. You, you have drank in the Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? You look at the lips. The body redone, you have drinking the Instagram Kool-Aid with your 40-year-old ass, because you've got to be in my age bracket, and you're doing the whole, I want to be the next Kim Kardashian thing, and it's just not working for you. You got busted. The one thing I can appreciate is instead of her having a knee-jerk reaction, she at least took a beat and, and wrote something that was semi-plausible um, as an excuse as to why, but no, mama, your intent was to fool us into thinking that you were jet setting across the world and you got busted. I want to kind of do that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn that Photoshop skills because I mean, you could tell, but it's to a quick look, it looked pretty good. Um, no. I, I, I get it. I mean, the pictures are beautiful. Your page looks great. Um, but you're not popping like that. Like, and I hate to count, I hate to count people's pockets. All right. You're an entertainer. Where you getting booked at? Who 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 is booking Aubrey O'Day? Aubrey, if you're watching, um, reach out to us and we'd like to talk to you about. I'm sure you're busy, right? Okay, look, we're gonna move on to another person that likes to people call Cap on Soldier Boy. He capped them teeth, upgraded his smile. Now take a look at his before and after photos. Before and after. Okay. What do you think about uh, what appears to be new white teeth for Soldier Boy? Q, I know you went through this process and you have a very bright, beautiful smile. What do you think about? 
But now that he got the teeth done, he need to get some new lips. <laughs> it was the lips me. The lips look like they don't been to hell and back. Um, but I'm glad he always hollering about he the first rapper to do this, the first rapper to do that. And these rappers go out and get chains and clothes and cars, and they don't take care of their physical. So I'm glad that he went and got some nice teeth. And I'm glad that they don't look like chicklets, that he went and got some very natural looking teeth. And, and, and hats off to this man for taking care of his dental health. Al, before we go, what do you think? I agree. I agree. Your oral health is a window to your overall health. I just don't know who was kissing on him <laughs> with that before picture. Can we see that picture again, production? Of his, Claudia, would you would you be kissing on anybody with teeth from the top, the top teeth? Would you date I, anybody with teeth like that? First of all, I'm a tooth and smile snob. Absolutely not. Can you imagine the odor that would come out of those things? I, <laughs> I are those faded golds or are is are they decaying teeth? Decaying. <laughs> decaying teeth. Decay. Can you smell them? I can smell them back molars from here. He's too young to have a mouth like that. Uh, fellas, don't get these grills and just just please, those white and, and, and like you said, I'm gonna give you uh props, soldier boy. The new teeth, you did good. You did good. You didn't get them big, ridiculous teeth, the the I got new money teeth that some people get. It <laughs> looked really good, soldier boy. So kudos to you. All right, fellas, that's our show. We had a fun time. I hope everybody feels better. After this, Al came back looking like a doctor. Don't he look like a doctor? The <laughs> lab put on. Oh, thank my great co host, Al Reynolds, and Funky Dineva for watching, uh, for joining me, and of course, doing a great job. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Stay tuned. Turned out with T.S. Madison is coming up next, and we'll see y'all on Friday. Bye, soulmates. Bye, guys. Have a good night, soulmates. Long weekends are all about getting a little you time. And at the Home Depot, you time means you building, you drilling, you doing, you recharging, you saving, and you going back for more. Do Labor Day your way and get a free 18-volt battery with select Milwaukee Power Toolkit purchases at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Long weekends are all about getting a little you time. And at the Home Depot, you time means you building, you drilling, you doing, you recharging, you saving, and you going back for more. Do Labor Day your way and get a free 18-volt battery with select Milwaukee Power Toolkit purchases at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.